I'm starting a new series. It's called The God Questions. The God Questions. That is a very funny um, statement down there. I said, God is about to examine you, and I am leaking the questions. So in this series, I'll be leaking questions. Um, God decided to make me an examiner. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a leaker. So I'm leaking the questions before he examines you. So we are probably going to look at a minimum of 10 questions. We'll probably um, look at more than that, but a minimum of 10 questions. And uh, I believe that is going to be a blessing to you. I, the first question God asked in the Bible, a very short question, God's examination um, really doesn't have a lot of um, questions. Um, the, the, the questions are not lengthy. And very straightforward. The first one is, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So to give you the context um, within which this question was asked, this question was asked in the Garden of Eden when God has placed man and woman in this beautiful garden. So I am not assuming that everybody knows the story of the Garden of Eden. So God created the heavens and the earth and made a beautiful garden. And after God has done everything, God created man and woman, put them in the garden. The garden is described to have all manner of minerals, different precious stones and gold, and uh, different trees, fruit-bearing trees, rivers flowing through the garden. I think the description of the garden in the book of, of, of Genesis, there hasn't been any garden of that nature that has ever existed on earth. It was God's own garden. God was the gardener of that garden. It was a very beautiful garden. Now, God puts man in the garden and gives him an order. That you can eat everything here. Eat everything in this garden is for you. If you want to eat antelopes, go ahead and eat them. If you want to eat these fruits, go ahead and eat them. If you want to eat chachafly, it's even for you to eat. But there's only one tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Unfortunately, man decided that God having given him everything and just that tree, man still decided to eat it. We, we men, when we are preaching about this, we are afraid to say that Eve brought the fruit to Adam. One day I was just lying down in bed and mommy brought me fruit. Sunny, nice fruit. I looked at her, I said, when I, if yeah, Adam, he has no. <laughs> but it was actually Eve that brought the fruits around. So there are many people who say, so where was Adam? Where, where was Adam when Satan got to Eve? But why wasn't Eve too with Adam? You know, but it's a, it's, a, it's a topic for another discussion. But as men as we are, the women are always right. Adam wasn't there to protect Eve. So Satan came and convinced Eve. And when Satan convinced Eve, Eve decided to eat the fruit. And when Eve ate the fruit, um, he became wiser. He, she realized she was naked. They went to Adam and said, this thing is nice. Adam, will you taste it? Adam tasted it. And then suddenly, what God didn't want them to see. And you know, I believe that God is very progressive. I know that with time, God would have given them the opportunity to progress to the next phase of their lives. But this, the man couldn't wait. That is the fall of man. That is the fall of man. When they are taking this, now they went into hiding. So let's have a discussion. Genesis chapter 3. From the verse 8 to the verse 10. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord, from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? Where are you? He answered, I had you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. 
Now, this question, where are you? We can look at it from different perspective. Where are you in your relationship with God? Where are you in your journey to actualization? Where are you even, even to yourself? To yourself, where are you? Where are you in terms of the, the clock of life? Where are you? But there are many people who have gotten missing in them. But today, I want us to look at it in relation to God. In, in relation to God. So God comes around and God is looking for Adam and Eve because this has been something they do. They always hear God in the coolness of the day, walking in the garden, and there is this fellowship between them and God. And this time, God comes into the garden, and he couldn't find them. Now, God was not asking about where they were in terms of location, because God knows everywhere. But that fellowship, that relationship, that which God wanted to have with them, that sense of innocence that made them give everything of them to God, and they came before God naked, and they were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. Most of us here are before God covered. We, 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 we have nicely covered Last night, fornication. Last night, adultery. Last night, fight with your wife and husband. Last night, gossip. gossip. We've covered it and we are here. We're standing before God. But God always wants us to come before him naked. Confess our sins to him and tell him, this is the way I am. When you cover yourself so much in sin... You get missing in God's radar. And you break that fellowship. In this particular instance, God was talking about a relationship, not a location. They were still in the garden. But Adam and Eve, where are you in terms of my relationship with you? That intimacy. I come here every morning. We chat, we talk, we commune. But I'm here today, I can feel you. I can feel you. Where are you? God may be asking you the same question. You may be seated here right now, but you are not naked enough. You, you've covered something. And God is asking, where are you? I can feel you. During the praise, I couldn't feel you. That intimacy is gone. That communion with you is gone. That connection between me and you is gone. And God is asking, where are you? Where are you? Listen, God doesn't come looking for your body. He comes looking for your spirit. He's a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If he cannot connect with that spirit, he will ask you, where are you? He answered, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you, God, I heard you. It's not like I'm not hearing you. I heard you all right. I heard you in the garden. I knew you were going to come. I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. So, what is the cause of this nakedness? Disobedience. Sin. Anytime we sin, anytime we sin, we run away from God. Sin takes us away from God. Sin breaks that intimate relationship with God. Friends, you can be in church without being in Christ. You can come to church and feel entertained without feeling the anointing. 
It's not everyone here who will be anointed today. Some will be entertained and some will be anointed. Some will have their lives transformed. Some will go back the same. It depends on where you are. Are you running away from something? Is some sin taking you away from God? Are you running away from God? Why have you suddenly decided that I prefer the back, not the front? Why have you suddenly decided that I don't want to sing in the choir again? Why have you suddenly decided that I don't want to be in a women's fellowship again? Why have you suddenly decided? Now, let me tell you this. Some, you see, there are places where we run from God and we hide. It is very easy to hide among sinners when you are sinning. So sometimes you break off relationship with people that have good relationships with God and you run amongst people that have no good relationship with God. Sometimes you lead churches that preach, that preach the word and hate unholiness and impurity and, and speak strongly on God's word and preach the word of good pastors. You can't stand pastors, pastors like me who will preach the word undiluted and unadulterated. So you sneak out and look for a big place, a big church where nobody will notice you, where nobody will call you to do something for him. Now I want, I want by the grace of God, help us solve the problem of running away from God. Because if you sin, you will run away. Sometimes you may even have a seared conscience where you're sin, you don't feel guilty, but it, you still run away. It's a spiritual thing because sin is a dislocator. When you sin, it, dislo it dislocates you from where God has placed you in a certain relationship. Are you here with me? If, 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 if you think, I'm, if you doubt me, ask Lucifer, the ash angel, favored by God, the most powerful angel, the Lucifer. Pride came into his heart. Sin was found in his heart. Now Lucifer was cast down. Sin, no matter the form, no matter the type, has a way in which it disconnects you from God and dislocates you from a certain place where God has placed you in his life. And I want to show you, I want to show you what I call the sin process. So sin is a process. Satan is a very patient person or spirit, or, or a fallen angel, Satan can plan your falling 25 years ahead and will take his time. Now, 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 do you know what Satan likes? Satan likes, likes people who lie to themselves. See? So, so, so Satan is sometimes not even interested in those who don't come to church because they know that they are going to hell and they um, but Satan is, Satan is happy with those who come to church but are still going to hell because you are in church but you are not in Christ if any man be in Christ a new, he's a new creation I was telling, I was telling the early morning um, teaching here today at 7am I was telling them what I call the divine clock your relationship with God and I'm saying that it begins with translation you get born again you are translated from the kingdom of light to the kingdom of from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and that starts from zero between zero and one that's the first year it's what we call transformation transformation if you truly got born again you, you God will transform you you are addicted to nicotine you know, translation doesn't stop it immediately but within the process of transformation you stop it along the line. You are a wife beater. Within that process of transformation, you stop it. I believe within one year of being born again and sitting under a good pastor, 
there must be a significant change in your life. From, from year two to year three, there must be transfiguration. You must start looking like Jesus. People must start looking at you and see that glory of God upon your life. Are you here? Uh, but th that is for another time. That is for I'm just whetting your appetite. I'm going to teach you something called the divine clock. Your timelines with uh, the Christian life timelines. And I'll, I'll be dealing with that. But, but now let me show you how Satan prepares you to sin. I call it a sin process. How Satan skillfully, nicely, powerfully, deceptively leads you to sin against God. Now, when I see a Christian who is not afraid to sin, I know that you are just a Christian, not a disciple. Because the lowest form of your relationship with God is being a Christian. Jesus never used the term Christian. Jesus used the term disciple. So you can be, call yourself a Christian because you are in church. You go to church. But when you graduate to a disciple level where you have an intimate relationship with Christ and you are willing to pay every price, you know the cost of sin. Apart from the ultimate cost, uh, um, cost of sin, which is hell, there is an immediate consequences of sin. And that is that dislocation that I want to show you something. I want to show you something. I, I, it, is like, it is like having a traffic light at a junction that tells you when to cross, when to drive through, and when not to drive, and still having a police officer to enforce it. Because surprisingly, certain people don't love their lives. So even if the traffic light says red, they still want to drive through. So in addition to the traffic light, there's a police officer to enforce it. When natural fact, without the traffic light at that junction, you yourself, if you love your life, you should be slowing down and be thinking and be looking at left and right to see if there is no crazy driver coming your way before you cross. Now there's a traffic light and there's a police officer and you still break the rules. And, and, and it is so with a lot of people. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have, a pastor doesn't need to preach about holiness for you to begin to walk in holiness. Now, righteousness, you, when you became born again, when you became born again, you were made righteous. That righteousness is just something you did right. But it was imputed. It was like you were enabled. You see, you were enabled. So, so righteousness is holiness enabler. When, when I was on admission for COVID, they, they used to give me something called the enabler. So they come and put it on my nose and um, no, they say it's enabler. It's enabling my 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 lungs to see see. So so righteousness is holiness enabler. So God places in you a certain spiritual DNA that allows you to be able to live a right life. And once you put that righteousness into practice, you begin to walk in holiness. So, so already you have the seed to be able to become holy. And you have to understand that. Now let me explain it this way too. Now, now, the standard of God is so high, when he realized men could not meet it, he came, died, and when you accept him, he sends his spirit to live in you, so that his spirit, through you, can meet his standard. So God is in that is in us, enabling us to meet his standards. That is why when you are a Christian and you die to yourself and you allow God to be alive in you, you are able to meet God's standards. 
when Jesus says somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek for the person to slap. It is, it's called the ultimate good. It is so difficult for you, but it's not difficult for God. So if you allow him to be alive in you, you can do it. Now, to get to that practical righteousness, there are temptations on the way. There are temptations on the way. Holiness is practical righteousness. It's righteousness in practice. To, to get to that ultimate, Satan's number one agenda is to prevent you from reaching that place of ultimate sainthood. That place of, of God being pleased with your life. So this is what happens. I want to show you the same process. When tempted, oh no, go back. Thank you guys, but you've gone ahead of me. When tempted, James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, verses 13, 14, and 15. When tempted, no one should say, no one should say. When tempted, no one should say. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Because the purpose of temptation is demotion. God doesn't tempt you. Satan does. The purpose of temptation is demotion. The purpose of test, which God does, is promotion. So God will test your faith through many trials. So that when you pass, you are promoted. But Satan will tempt you. Now I'll show you how he does it. So that when you fall into temptation, you are demoted. May Satan's attempt to tempt you fail. Now look at this. Look at this. God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone. Nor does he tempt anyone. So if you go and sleep with a girl, don't say that maybe God wanted to use it to, to show me that I am human at all. I am human after all. God doesn't need to show you you are human after all. You know you, know you are human. Now, but each person, each person, each person, each person, each person, the temptation is it's not a group thing, it's an individual thing. There's nothing like group sin. <laughs> he made me sin. Um, 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 they, they made me sin, they made me sin. No. But each person is tempted when they are dragged. Forcefully, the way that you forcefully taken away, away by their own evil desire. Please look at this evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Let me explain this to you graphically so that you can appreciate where I'm coming from. Understand this. Listen, I wish above everything. That you prosper and be in good health are that so prosperous. I want you to have a to be spiritually healthy. I want you to make heaven. I do not want you to miss heaven. I am not interested in your seed, I'm interested in your souls. This church is not about how much you can give, it is how much of God you have. How much of God we are giving you? It's not how much of your money you are giving us. It is how much of God we are giving you. But if we, we, if we give you enough of God, we don't have to plead for you to sow. Are you here? Now, I could turn this church into a prophetic church right now and the whole place will get full soon. Okay, okay, okay. So let me show you something. Can we go to the next slide? So I'll show you something here. First, there's an evil desire. So, but, but even before we talk, so don't, don't go, don't go to number two. Try, try not to go to number two. Just obey. Stay in number one with me. Okay? Stay in number one with me. So there is an evil desire, which means there can be a good desire and there can be an evil desire. Okay, there is no neutral desire. 
So desire is a strong wanting to something. See, you 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 want something. In this case, you want something. That is a desire. Desire itself is not bad. The fact that you strongly want a bend does not mean you have sinned. The fact that you strongly want to marry this sister and you are in love with this sister does not mean you have sinned. The fact that you strongly want iPhone, what's the latest? iPhone 12, isn't it? The fact that you strongly want iPhone 12 mass. And when you, when you sleep, you dream that I'm giving something to you. <laughs> Doesn't mean you have sinned. I, are you here with me? So, so, so desire is alright. Until the desire becomes so obsessive that it begins to drive you. You know, the Bible says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. You see, if that thing you are looking for is taking you away from God, you have to sin to get it. You have to cheat to get it. You have to manipulate figures to get it. You have to do something bad to get it. Once that begins to happen, that noble desire is now becoming an evil desire. Because it is taking you away from God. Taking you away from God. Taking you away from God. You can fall in love with a woman who doesn't love church. And that woman will gradually be taking you away from the presence of God. At Solomon. Let me tell you how God gives men enemies. Solomon had the most peaceful kingdom until his heart was turned away from God. And God raised for Solomon enemies. Any, Solomon's enemies were not raised by, by Satan, but by God himself. Anytime a desire turns your heart away from God, it becomes an evil desire. And one way by which God brings you back is for him to give you an enemy. <laughs> if what you are desiring will require you to sin will require you to undermine someone will require you to revalue your values and redefine holiness or redefine sin and cause sin a mistake then that desire is now evil You slept with a girl for the first time. You cried. You came before God. Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Now you have concluded that since I'm going to marry you, even God knows I will marry you. So sleeping with you is like sleeping with my future wife. What is wrong with that? That is it. We should be futuristic. We are just being futuristic. Hey! Is, is that how, how we should do things? Okay, okay. So, I, I, you, you have gotten me? So, I am not in your heart. I don't know your desires. But look at the things you are desiring. Sometimes, we can desire the world and desire the things of the world. You are in the choir, but your idol is Shatawale. Ah, you desire you have his fame. Now, the fame can be so strong by the time we see you next time, You are composing a worldly song and you say you are a dance hall artist instead of a gospel artist. Sometimes you want to bring it to the church. You want us to allow you to do. Uh, how do you cry sing the dance hall songs? I see a girl I want to tongue her. I see a girl I want to chase her. I see a girl I want to throw her. I see a girl I want to know her. I see. You are mad. 
So you want to you want to bring it on the altar, then you stand here and say, I I am in love with Jesus and I want to flow him and he wants to flow me. Look at the theater. Please go to National Theater. It's not on this congregation. You see, the church wants to be worldly. And the world rather wants to be churchy. No, I'm telling you. You know those boys, they are so bad that when they want to marry, they want good women who can change their lives. They say, me, I want a woman who can pray, who can pray. I want a woman who can Because me, I don't go to church. Me, I do bad things. So I want a woman who can pray. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, so so that evil desire now begins to have control over you and is dragging you gradually from the presence of God. From the presence of God, it's taking you away. It's taking you away. Instead of coming to church, you rather prefer to sit under that tree with that girl or with that boy or that, that, that. You know, some of you wants to actually want to be Gallywood stars and... Nollywood uh, stars. I thought the sky is supposed to be your limit. So how did the valley become your limit? Because Gallywood and Nollywood, they are in the valleys. They are not on the mountain top. Even to get to the skies. And so you sit down there, you watch them, sir, and then you begin to dress like them and talk like them. You go and look for some, uh, some. Is it Gucci? 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 How is it pronounced? Gucci, eh? Go and look for some. Chinese Gucci bag that you come to check and some long hair and then you, you want to walk like a Gollywood or Nollywood star and come to church and you want us to treat you like that. Brother, please help me. Give me a seat. <laughs> what, 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 what are we becoming? Okay, 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 okay. So the next one is conception. Now, the thing has just stopped being a desire. It has now become an idea. It has now developed. It is now controlling your mind, controlling your action. You are now acting it. You are now acting it. Because if you're a pregnant woman, you act like a pregnant woman. You cannot remove the pregnancy and put it somewhere and go and fight and then when you finish come and put it back it doesn't work that way for a pregnant woman you're a pregnant woman yeah so there are some of you at a conception stage of that desire so now you are practicalizing the desire you are sinning you want that bends and the only way to get it is to forewarnize someone so now this sermon I'm preaching that you are sleeping. It's not because I'm not anointed. Though. You, you spend the whole night trying to dupe somebody. You just slept this morning for two hours and you have come to church. And now you are feeling sleepy. It's not my fault. I'm preaching all right. This sermon is a good sermon. If you want to spend the night looking for somebody to dupe, you spend the night this morning when you come here come and dupe god whilst i'm preaching oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, if, you, if you were a girl and this strong desire to marry a man that has a house and marry and start life with a car and and, and then this desire nollywood and gallywood desires are in your heart and you want to start a life from some place where your mother and father up to now, they've been married for 50 years. They have not even started from there. <laughs> you want to start from there. And so, and, and the boys of your age, they don't have those things. So you are targeting somebody's husband. And trying to make argument for polygamy. Targeting somebody. Now, you see, the young, when the desire is conceived, you are not afraid of what you do. Now you are living in sin. You are, the desire is controlling you. It has dragged you away from God. It has disconnected you. And now, and now, and now you will do everything to get it. You will do everything to get it. 
Charlie, I have tried, sir. I'm not getting. I'm trying, sir. Ah, there's one more man. I can try. Say, who? 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 The bishop. I can try. Oh, yeah. That's how obsessed you can become. That it will drag you away, sir. You can become crazy. That you're not even afraid. There are men of God who are falling today. You see, there are bad men of God who, who are enjoying falling. Those are bad men of God. But there are also good men of God who have fallen because some girls deliberately entered into their church churches and said papa we need to make dp make dp mama talk about mommy may record on on me dapa may record on my dimba this cafe no ho some are here just that they haven't succeeded yet it might not be there oh, i'm telling you that is how, how how obsessed you can become if an evil desire is growing if a desire is taking you away from god and you don't control it and you are not in charge of your life anymore that's how far you can go And all of you men and women here, watch your husbands, watch your wives, watch your children, watch their desires. We are not saying be, don't be ambitious, but be godly ambitious. It must be godly. It must have time. You must work towards your, 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 your ambitions. Now, 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 eh? When it's, it's at a conception level, you can sin. Confess, get out. And say, they will mean you. And then you go back again, you do it, and then you get out. And then you do it, and then you get out. But then, every time you do and you stop, you are feeding it. And anything you feed grows. Anything you feed grows. Anything you feed grows. So if you know what you are doing, you have a baby lion. You are feeding it. You are feeding it. Thinking that if this baby lion grows up, it will be your friend. It will devour you. Look, look, look. Number three. Full grown. And sin, when it is full grown. This is where now, now the sin controls you. It is called the sin that so easily besets thee. Now you do it in the open. Your pastor preaches about it and you make a mockery of him. You gather and you laugh. And you have no conscience anymore. You have, I mean, I mean, there's no difference between you and the sin. You are actually the sin itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know how they now stop using your name to call you, but they use your sin to call you. The gossiper is coming. Then you know that you have become the sin itself. The fornicator is coming. I mean, in the Bible, the people that were called a sinful woman. And a sinful woman came. And an adulterous woman came. Once they stop mentioning your name and start using your sin to describe you, you have become the sin itself. It's a bad girl. It's a woman's channel. Papa will open my papa. This woman likes women. Papa. This woman, this man who sleep, who sleep even with their own, his own daughter. He's a bad man. Once they start, they start using your sin to describe you, you have gotten to here. And you know, the best thing you are going is death. When sin is fully grow, grown, this birth to death. Please, please hear me. Hear me. This is, you see, the, your pastors, most pastors will tell you that this is spiritual death. So you are connected, you are disconnected from God. But when you repent and you come, he will accept you. Let me tell you something about, about spiritual death. You see, there's a kind of, there's a difference between backsliding and falling. You see, backsliding, you are still in the faith and your prayer life is going down, sin is weighing on you, so you are not praying well and all those things. You are not dead. There is still life in you. You are not dead. There's still life in you. 
You have to fan into flames, but then it is easier. But when you die, there is a direct disconnection between you and God. There is no Christian life inside you again. And that one, to get back, hey, please look for it. I think it's the book of Hebrews or somewhere where it says, for those who are fallen from the faith, it's impossible for them to I said, I know pastors who are today malams. Oh, what are you talking about? I know pastors' wives who have divorced are today slave queens. I know. What are you talking about? You'll be joking with that desire and think I overcome. This thing I'm doing one day, I overcome it. This is how we can overcome now before it becomes fully grown and then now gives birth to death. To get yourself off from that death back to life. That is where you'll be sitting in alcohol bar, alcoholic bar, and I'll be passing and say, hey, man of God, I used to come to your church. Oh, I used to come to your church. You are dead. You should be dodging. <laughs> But you are calling. Are you come? Are, are you here? Don't get there. Don't get there. So let me conclude with this. Let me conclude with this. What is the time now? Eleven what? So I have eight minutes. Then I okay. So I have eight minutes. So I have eight minutes to conclude this. Okay, I have eight minutes to conclude this. But I want to show you something. Esther is laughing. No, he knows it won't be. She knows it won't be eight minutes. She knows it won't be, be eight minutes. She understands me. She knows that this man is passionate about the things he teaches. Well, take take the drama time from my sermon, and you see that I didn't waste your time. So yeah, so the drama went about twenty-five minutes before I came in. Would have gone for thirty-five minutes if I hadn't come in. They told me fifteen minutes, but it's a nice drama. I got a message early. So, if they had continued, they would have over-dramatized. So, very nice drama. Very nice drama. I got the message. But, but me, I'm continuing because you haven't gotten my message yet. No, no. I have to conclude. Where I am, I have to conclude it. Now, now, let me show you how evil desires are developed. Okay? Now, I want to show you how evil desires are developed. Okay? How evil desires are developed. First John 2.16 For all that is in the world Now all that is in the world In this world Everything in this world All that is in the world All that is in the world The lust of the flesh And the lust of the eyes And the pride of life Is not of the father But of the world Now these are the three areas And I want to show you I want to take you back to the garden of Eden and show you how these three things brought the human race down. The last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's go. go, go behind. Genesis 3, verse 6. Look at this. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, was what? Good for food. Last of the flesh. Was good Food for food, last of the flesh. Listen, this flesh here is very dictatorial. It places demands on you, this flesh. It wants to control you. That's why the Bible commands us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. But if you walk in the flesh, this flesh will worry you. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, that's of the flesh. This flesh can destroy you. This flesh is looking for, for, for sex when you are not married. Not even when you are married, this flesh will still be looking for sex with another man or another woman. It doesn't even care whether you will just finish 40 days fasting and prayer. It will still come. So you have to, you have to control it. You have to subject it. You have to have the willpower over your flesh. This flesh is not born again yet. It is only when Jesus comes that you'll be ratchet. 
when you are raptured, we'll go to heaven with something called the glorified body. The glorified body can enter into walls. It was the body Jesus had when he resurrected. Glorified body. So, like when we go to heaven and I still want to chase mommy, I'll just have to think about her. I'll appear in her room. She'll say, oh, Brother Gideon, you are welcome. I'll say, please, please don't call me Brother Gideon. Why are you calling me Brother Gideon? I'm so honey, honey, you know. But here on earth, we are, and last time I taught you something, uh, for those of you who are in Chesom, as in last year, around last year, how this is the only thing, your spirit will embody, this is the only thing you will live here on earth. It is the most useless of it all, but you spend 90% of your time trying to satisfy this, the flesh. All this nice hairstyle that you have, the demand of the flesh. This boo I'm wearing, the demand of the flesh. You have to appear well. You have to appear well. The, the flesh can demand things, eh? See all your cars outside there. They're all demands of the flesh. All the demands of your if you like, eh? See when you live here, when you live here after church, see the rest. Now that you're going to complain that I didn't close early. See the rest of the day. What you will do? It will be attending to the demands of the flesh. Sleep, watch football, watch Manchester losing. Um, <laughs> eat fufu, um, the bad ones, go and look for some prostitutes. The, the worst ones, go and cheat on your wife. There's a girlfriend hiding in some corner. Good. Some people, I'm telling you, some people after this message will still leave this church, and when they get outside there, Satan will steal the word from their heart. And when they sit in the car, will call their girlfriend. Charlie, where are you? I want to come and see you. Have you finished the fufu? Please, if you are going to eat some fufu with a girlfriend, today don't go. If you are going out with a boyfriend and you know it's going to cause you problem, don't go. I'm telling you, after this message, repent. Let it go. What did I say? Let it go. Leave the sin on this altar. Let God take care of it. Leave the relationship here. I'm not saying that don't go and eat fufu. But you know that there are consequences of that particular fufu. Yeah, there are some consequences. Some ladies, the lady is waiting for you. And you think she's nicer than your wife. I'm telling you, your wife is far nicer. Look at your wife that are giving you babies. And look, look at how she is. And that woman, that girl that has not born, she hasn't born, no. She hasn't born. You take your time and look at her. And picture her after three, three children. And compare her to your wife. You will see that you are dealing, you, are, you will see that you, you are a foolish man. And that, and that it will be useless for you to even come to Wellspring of Wisdom. Because your level of foolishness, if you can, you can still go back to your sin after this message. Your level of foolishness. There are some, some cases there, eh, when it comes before me, when we say, honey, do this, honey, do that, honey. I say, where it has gotten to leave God to handle. Leave God to handle. Hmm, look, look, look. And then, pleasing to the eyes. It's the last of the flesh, eh? Is Satan using visual appeal to drag you from God. See, if I get this guy, eh? You know, Satan took Jesus to the top of the mountain and showed him, and showed him the kingdoms of the world and the power thereof and the glory of the world. If you bow down to worship me, Satan will always show you the glory of the world, not the glory of God. And if you, if Satan is able to turn your eyes away from the glory of God to the glory of the world, you are finished. It's the beginning of your downfall. That was why Moses turned his, turned his eyes away from the glory of the world. The palace, the most powerful house, the most powerful kingdom, he turned his eyes away. And saw the glory of the Lord in the future. And was able to live on the wilderness for 40 years. If you see his glory, you will pay the price for it. If you can see the glory ahead. That day when the trumpet sounds. And we are raptured. And you can see it. If you can picture it. If you can picture it and see it. 
You won't let the five minute sex take it away from you. Am I preaching? Okay. And also desirable for gaining wisdom. Pride of life. Pride of life. If Satan succeeds in making you think of yourself more highly than you ought to, you are finished. I always say to myself, you were a Christian first before you were a bishop. So, be your bishop when you are in the pulpit. When you get down from the pulpit, be your Christian. Relate with everybody as a normal Christian. Don't let people melt in your presence. Don't let people struggle to meet you or to see you. When I go to Adabraka, I am Yofi. All my friends Adabraka can still have access to me. I am still Yofi. I don't go to Adabraka as Bishop Titipe. Who am I? If you start thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to, you are finished. There are some of you, you think of it so more highly than you ought to. You can't even relate to your own children. You can't, they are even afraid to come to you. Because they see, they see you like, like, hey, Afro Daddy, we can't even enter his room. Hey, Afro Mommy, we cannot even enter there. And for those of you who live in communities, you don't know your next door neighbor, then you tell your children, these people, they are bad. Don't go there. Oh. Don't pass here. Oh. Don't do that. Oh. These children, hey, these children, eh? <laughs> See? When those living in the uncomputer building, when they die, if they'll be buried on the earth. Oh. When you also die, the two of you will meet at the cemetery. In the night, they'll come and wake you up. You say, neighbor, where are your cars? Where, where are all the things you used to blow fast with? Where are they? On the judgment day, eh, we'll be in the queue. Me and you, in the queue. If you arrive before I arrive, I'll stand behind you. But I'll try to be there first. I will stand behind you. That place, you cannot say, oh, daddy, you have come. Daddy, please pass. No, daddy, please Daddy, please pass. If you go and call me daddy, then I'll be offended. Say, hey, 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 please, I beg you. I beg you, don't come and give me titles here before I'm asked to go down. The only title Jesus knows is disciple. All these bishop and things, we created them. The only disciple that he knows. So, don't bring, don't bring that thing here. Oh. Don't bring that thing here. Let me have my life and have my life. Cool. I want you to make heaven. I love you. God bless you. <laughs> Lift up your two hands. Begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Come before him. You have heard the message. Give yourself your own prayer topic and pray. Just come before him and pray. Just come before him.